democratic campaigns should feature building pumped hydro with coal workers. Pumped hydro storage resources are in coal country, and coal workers are looking for work that makes sense to them. Welcome to The Future is Electric, a techno-optimistic podcast associated with the medium publication of the same name. We explore the future with a recurring focus on climate change, technologies which are transforming our world, and a side helping of politics and culture. I'm your host, Michael Bernard, Chief Strategist of TFIE. In the past few months, I've been going deep on storage. I spent time studying the quantity and costs of Tesla PowerPack lithium-ion battery storage for a 100,000 square foot carbon neutral greenhouse a client was considering building in Canada's prairies. I've been working with a flow battery technology innovator in BC, more on that soon. I spent a bunch of time looking at the global pumped hydro storage resource study out of Australia. That triggered, triggered a series of, of discussions with a pair of serial entrepreneurs and innovators in the energy space. Tracy Livingston and Tom Conroy of Momentum Energy and Kinetic Power in the States, about a pumped hydro site they're developing in New Mexico. Zach Shahan, Clean Technica's site director, and I talked on the Clean Technica podcast about pumped hydro and how much made it sense that it made, at least superficially, for Elon Musk to engage the boring company and Tesla Energy in pumped hydro. That led to a lengthy discussion with a Scottish serial energy entrepreneur. Mark Wilson Wilson of Intelligent Land Investments, about the three sites he's developing in that country, including one on Loch Ness, and the variances in awareness and regulation globally. I've also spent a lot of time looking through the leading Democratic presidential's climate action plans. Um, Too long, didn't read. Harris's was best, but she's gone. Warren's is very good, but trends wonkish. Biden's is good on foreign policy, but seriously underfunded. Sanders is good on electrification, but populist and authoritarian. Buttigieg, meh, and underfunded. Uh, I've come to the following conclusions. Closed-loop pumped hydro storage is one of the best grid-scale electricity storage options available. The NREL and other studies make it clear that it's one of the cheapest forms of storage available, much cheaper than most alternatives. It's an incredibly stable and mature technology, with the first site having been developed in the 1890s. There are an awful lot of skilled resources who know how to work rock, who are looking for work because coal is dying, and it's a lot more automated than it used to be. It has great characteristics for 2 to 21 day storage. The Australian study makes it clear there's far more resource capacity than is required They modeled only 300-meter-plus head heights close to grid connectivity with limited-height dams and found 250 times as much capacity in the United States as was needed for total energy storage requirements. Mark Z. Jacobson of Stanford, a top 100 climate change influencer and the lead of the team that produced the 100% Renewables by 2050 study, assumed pump hydro in his modeling. I'll quote from his study. The load match grid integration model then combines the wind and solar resource time series with an estimated time series for other WWS generators, wind, water, and solar. Hourly load data for each country, capacities for low-cost heat storage and underground rocks and water 
cold storage in ice and water, electricity storage in concentrating solar power storage, pumped hydropower batteries and hydropower reservoirs, and hydrogen storage, and demand response to obtain low-cost, zero-loss grid solutions for each of the 20 grid regions. Uh, I reached out to Jacobson for his perspective, and he agreed that pumped hydro is underutilized, low-cost compared to batteries, and has much greater potential than is being exploited at present. He also pointed out that LA is considering converting the Hoover Dam partly into a pumped hydropower station, which is aligned with global trends to leverage hydro on a more demand versus baseload model. Australia is the world leader in pumped storage hydro based on discussions I've had, with leading academic studies on the subject coming from that country. Per my discussion with my Scottish contact, that tiny UK country that's 5.4 million citizens has more pumped hydro storage in development than the United States does. Where exactly is the United States in all of this? Regulatory approvals for pumped storage hydro in the United States are nuts. Closed loop pumped storage hydro has small ponds, small dams, doesn't impede streams, doesn't impact fish spawning, uses over and over a tiny fraction of the fresh water in the states, doesn't emit CO2 and equivalents for decades from anaerobic decomposition under reservoirs, and doesn't involve toxic chemicals. But it's regulated as if developers were building the Hoover Dam, building several hundred foot high dams, blocking rivers, making fish runs disappear, consuming millions of gigaliters of water daily, and polluting large regions. There's a legacy reason of for this, of course, as part of the original New Deal, the now Bureau of Reclamation built a bu bunch of massive electricity generating dams, which are still owned by the federal government. The Bureau is responsible for water resource use in their regions, and is the largest wholesaler of water in the states. Most of the irrigation water for agriculture comes from them. The power marketing administrations under the Department of Energy sell the electricity from the dams, incidentally making the federal government one of the largest suppliers of electricity in the states, something Sanders wants to lead into with his plan for wind and solar. And, of course, at one point disaster struck. In 1976, the Teton Dam collapsed as it was being filled for the first time, killing 11 people and 3,000 head of cattle. It had a 310-foot or 93-meter dam stretching 3,100 feet or 940 meters creating a 17-mile-long or 27-kilometer reservoir to be filled with 288,250 acre-feet, about 355 million cubic meters of water. Uh, that area is bigger than Manhattan, for context. The United States government lost $400 million between construction costs and claims, with total damage estimates up to $2 billion dollars. That's about $50 billion in 2019 dollars, which most people would agree is material. Partly as a result, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is responsible for dam safety in the United States, operating and maintaining some 700 dams around the country. But let's compare and contrast that with pumped storage hydro. The example storage facility from the Australian study was a pair of 247-acre, 100 hectare, reservoirs with 810 acre-feet, about 1 billion liters of water. 
the reservoirs combined are smaller than Central Park in New York and hold about 2.8% of the water that would be behind the Teton Dam. They don't block river, but are built in places with no streams. They don't damage fish runs, obviously, because they aren't built on them. They don't divert or provide a lot of water for irrigation. The example would hold less than a thousandth of the water the United States uses every single day. But as stated, it just reuses it. The example provides a gigawatt hour of storage, which is a nice juicy chunk. If the top or bottom reservoir dam starts giving away, it's trivial to quickly pump the water into the stable reservoir. When in operation, it doesn't accumulate mercury, as major hydro dams have been known to do. The small scale means that any submerged biomass turns into trivial amounts of anaerobic CO2 and methane. The environmental impacts and risks are virtually non-existent. But it's regulated, as if it's blocking a major river, threatening fish stocks, and could kill dozens or thousands of people. Regulatory approvals require FERC, the Bureau of Reclamation, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to all sign off on complex, detailed, lengthy, and very expensive approval documentation. It's not as if some people in the United States don't understand this. There's now a fast path approval process for pump storage hydro. Now it only takes four years and $7 million instead of eight years and $15 million per estimates from my sources. All three federal organizations still have to sign off on it. That's not really good enough when 2030 is looming. Pump storage hydro is invisible to the people in power. I've read every word of the leading Democratic candidates' climate action plans, looking at all their generation storage options. I've published over 20,000 words of analysis of their plans. Not once do they mention this low-hanging fruit for electricity storage. Some are focused on research for storage. Others talk about bringing the price of storage down to well above the cost per megawatt hour of pump storage hydro. Many of them talk about opening up federal lands for wind and solar and speeding leasing and regulatory processes for renewable generation. None of them talk about deploying pumped hydro storage. None of them talk about removing the regulatory headwinds impeding deployment of this low-risk, environmentally benign technology. None of them talk about providing rapid leasing of federal lands for pumped storage hydro. Nada. Zip. Silence. It's like it's an invisible child, not only not heard, but not seen. A challenge to Democratic candidates. Include pumped hydro in your formal climate plans. Commit to streamlining regulatory processes to something remotely sensible for the technology. Commit federal funds and loans. Create state-level storage targets just like the renewable portfolio standards that are informed by the pump storage resource studies. Promise to engage coal workers in building pump storage hydro in their region. Get those skilled and talented resources working in something that they know, rock. Get coal country votes by promising them work that makes sense to them, work that they are already highly skilled at doing. Pumped hydro is not the only storage solution. It's not a magic bullet. But make it a formal and recognized part of your tactics on climate action.
we only have until 2030 to make substantial changes. The way the regulatory structure is set up now, pumped hydro will barely have started being built by 2030, if the United States is lucky. You have been listening to The Future is Electric, a techno-optimistic view of climate change, transformative technologies, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Michael Bernard, Chief Strategist of TFIE. These podcasts are available from the medium publication of the same name, Anchor FM, and other podcast sites. Let us know that you are enjoying us via Claps and Medium, and tell us what you'd like us to cover next. 